thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. So on Thursday, the Pentagon said it was tracking a Chinese spy balloon flying across the United States. And officials said that the balloon had been watched and then they decided to shoot it down. It's been interesting to watch this story because there are a whole lot of questions, of course, that have come up. One of them being, what is a spy balloon? And uh, how do we suddenly get to spy balloons when historically we've been working with satellites? On the line, we have Brooks Spector. He's the associate editor at the Daily Maverick and a former U.S. diplomat. Brooks, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. Um, yeah, it's, been, it's been a fascinating story to watch it unfold. Apparently, this uh, this balloon, which the Chinese have uh, also innocuously labeled a weather balloon that suddenly got off course, managed to fly over Alaska, northwestern Canada, and then a whole series of parts of the United States where there, is a con- there are concentrations of military and defense facilities. And then finally on Saturday, um, two U.S. jets, took off from South, a base in South Carolina, and one of them shot it down with an air-to-air missile. Uh, apparently, President uh, Biden had authorized uh, the shooting down on Wednesday, uh, but the Pentagon demurred until it was clear that, it that the debris field wouldn't land all over a city, which would have been more exciting. Brooks, let's let, uh, let's go back. I mean, first of all, what is a spy balloon? I mean, we've seen the images. It looks like a massive uh, picture of uh, a reality show moon or something like that. It's a bizarre, bizarre looking thing. But I'm also trying to figure out why would they be using balloons and not satellites? Well, there are a couple of reasons why they might. One, it's probably cheaper to, to do this. Uh, and it is, in some ways, uh, capable of getting closer to the objects to be observed than a satellite would. I mean, satellites are operated by the U.S., by Russia, by China, by Britain, by France, by a number of uh, other countries, undoubtedly. And they all have capabilities and strengths, but they also have some weaknesses in terms of their distance from where they, they operate, because they don't operate uh, let's see, 60,000 feet is what, 20,000 meters, uh, 20, 20 or so kilometers above ground, and you can have some fairly sophisticated op- optical and other sensing devices. At that point, you could see something about the size of a rabbit uh, next to a building, um, which makes it a, a pretty useful tool, but you can't direct it in quite the same way because it is dependent on, in some ways, the jet stream for moving it, but it's a large uh, balloon filled with. Uh, how, I'm sorry. How jet. large did you? How large is it? Um, well, I, I don't actually have one to hand, but the <laughs> the, the image that I have images that I've seen, uh, the thing is about the size of a house, uh, the balloon portion of it, a, a substantial house, and then the uh, the carriage below it, as as it was described to me, is about as large as three modest buses, and it has two external wings uh, to capture solar power. Uh, so it's, it's a sophisticated device rather than the, um, just for the sake of historians in your audience, the first, the first usage of a balloon for military observation was back in, are you ready for the 1794? Wow. Uh, by, 
by the French uh, in their wars during the French Revo- after the French Revolution uh, against, in that case, uh, Austrian and Dutch forces uh, in what is now Belgium. So there's a long history for these things. Um, the question, of course, that everybody wants to know is how much data was it able to observe and capture and how successful it was in terms of trans- transmitting that information back to headquarters. Um, and that's a question that uh, we'll have to leave you know, for, the, for, the, for the, the people to figure that one out. I don't think the Pentagon is going to tell us that either. Yeah. But they are going to, over the next day or so, try to capture the, the bits and pieces that fell into the ocean off the coast of uh, South Carolina. Water's about, uh, what, 15 meters deep there. So, uh, you know, if you can find bits and pieces of the Titanic, I guess you can find bits and pieces of the undercarriage of this thing, and then to try to analyze just how capable it was capturing data and transmitting it back. Um, the question, of course, is the Chinese have done this a number of times. This isn't the only one. There, there are apparently reports that there were at least three others over the U.S. during the previous president's administration. There's one apparently over South America as we talk, and I, I heard a rumor of yet another one somewhere else. So this is apparently a whole fleet of these things. Brooks, we need to go to a break, but when we come back, um, I'd like to maybe just get some insight into, you know, we talk about these balloons, maybe just like figure out a little bit more about a balloon versus a satellite. Let's go to the break. Thought leaders, storytellers and griots sharing personal highlights on Stories of the Week. We're talking about spy balloons. We're hearing the story of uh, a spy balloon that was shot down over the United States. Uh, The Pentagon was tracking a Chinese spy balloon. Um, Brooks, I suppose there's a couple of questions here. Is, is, Is China the only country that's using spy balloons? Or do we know of other countries? Does the U.S. use them? Does I mean, you mentioned that it goes back as far as the 17th century. So that's quite something. What's uh, the who else is using this instead of satellites as we know it? Uh, To the best of my knowledge, the Chinese are now unique in this. I want to make another comparison, though. Uh, Back in 1960, when all of us were a whole lot younger, um, the Russians, then the Soviet Union, uh, shot down a U-2 surveillance uh, airplane from the launch from the U.S. base in Turkey, um, claiming that it had violated... uh, Uh, international uh, borders and sovereignty. And for the first several days, the United States insisted it was a weather reconnaissance plane that had, quote-unquote, gone off course. Now, does that sound familiar to you? Because that's that's pretty much what the Chinese have said about their their weather balloon. Um, There's a distinction to be made, and you alluded to it right at the beginning of this conversation, uh, with spy satellites. and I, I think the, the the question, though, is that satellites uh, seem to avoid the issue of crossing international borders and carrying out surveillance, reconnaissance, or, uh, you know, common use of spying, uh, because they're above the atmosphere, they're above the, uh, the ability of uh, aircraft to shoot them down, and they are... Um, 
somehow immune to uh, claims of violations of sovereignty. A balloon that's flying uh, at uh, stratospheric levels capable of being shot down or a U-2 reconnaissance craft was not. Uh, And therefore, you can make the plausible claim that those were violations of uh, international borders and and of state security. Uh, the balloon is not, uh, it's, it's not the kind of balloon you see at a birthday party, of course. It's, I mean, it's a high-tech piece of, of, uh, of gear. Uh, it's, got a, it's got an engine in it to keep uh, the, the, the gas warm and uh, obviously then it, uh, keeping it up in the air. It's got motors to move it, and as I said earlier, it's even got solar panels to provide it with energy to make it, uh, to some degree, capable of being steered although dependent on that, the, the jet stream for much of its, its, uh, its movement. Um, but so it could, in fa- it could, in fact, have drifted across. I mean, just by what you're saying is that you can only steer it to a certain degree. Well, uh, the, the pattern, if you look at the globe, uh, doesn't seem to follow the jet stream in, ah, in, a, okay. in, in a sort of standard way. It sort of warbled its way over Alaska, <laughs> the, the Yukon Territory, Montana, Missouri, and then South Carolina. The jet yeah. stream doesn't usually follow. So there's that no path. jet. There's no. It's not the confused jet stream. Stream. Very briefly, um, that we say spy balloon. You mentioned weather balloon. How do they know it's not a weather balloon? Um, how do we know? Weather balloons usually look very different. Okay. Um, they, 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 uh, from the, the pictures I have seen of weather balloons over the years, uh, they have a obviously a, a container that holds the gas, long uh, strings or cabling that holds down, uh, it moves down from that to a compact collection of uh, instrumentation, and they don't have power mechanisms yes. because they're entirely for the purpose of being carried aloft by the winds or the jet stream so that you can monitor that kind of thing. And in fact, weather balloons are to some degree uh, outmoded uh, technology because if you watch television at all and you go to a weather report, you'll notice there's all that data that's being supplied largely from uh, satellites. Yeah. Uh, We have to close off, but I'm going to just put this question to you. The way forward. I mean, we've heard now that um, the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, is uh, no longer going to go on that planned trip to Beijing, which does talk to the geopolitics of this. Very briefly, uh, if you had to look into your crystal ball, where does this take us? Well, I don't think they canceled the trip. They postponed it. And Ah, I think that's significant. Important, yeah. uh, because what that means is that we're going to let this one, uh, let this particular blow up clear out, and then we're going to reschedule it. But we're going to reschedule it with an understanding that this kind of thing is going to be one of the things that's going to be on the agenda for discussion. Okay. Well, we watch it uh, in absolute interest. I mean, Brooks, you must be following this uh, with 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 great interest and also intrigue as well, huh? Well, I'm, I, I always was interested in weather because I want to know if I'm allowed to go outside in the winter. <laughs>
if I were in North America now, I probably wouldn't go outside, to put it that way. There's been some extraordinary weather there. Yeah, they um, certainly have. But this has a real geopolitical context to it, and that's what does fascinate me. Yeah. yeah. Brooke Spector, Associate Editor at the Daily Maverick and former U.S. diplomat, and giving us some insights. So when you hear in the news the conversation around a spy balloon, and you think, what actually is a spy balloon? Well, hopefully that gives you the information as well. So, Vusi in Cape Town, you've sent us a message.